Welcome to the Unestablished Podcast, a podcast about the unexplained shenanigans of adulthood. Adulting is challenging, but with a little wine and an unfiltered conversation, we'll get through this together. Each week, we will discuss the perceptions of what it means to live the broke rich lifestyle as an unestablished adult. Living broke rich is not just about monetary assets. There are levels of this shit. Now, here are your hosts, Constance, Jawanda, and Monique. All right, so guys, I wanted to take this time out to give a shout out to a listener, Scooby H. Um, the title of the review that they gave on Apple was Wind Down and Turn Up. It says this trio of ladies are refreshing, funny, introspective, and informative. I most definitely subscribe and want the three of you to keep pushing the button. Salute. Salute to you, Scooby H. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We greatly appreciate it, Lord. I've been asking (laughs) and begging and praying, and the Lord has answered. Pleading. Mm. Yes. The offense, Jesus, all mm-hmm. around us. Every mm. day. Hallelujah. I mm. can't. Thank you, Scooby. Sure you Thank can. you. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Hey, hey y'all. Friends. We back. We took a little break, but now we back again. And we have a guest today. Somebody that's real close to us. One of our dear friends. We've known... For probably like nine, ten years now. Whoa. My God. Yeah. I think it's been that long. What has it been like 2012? Yeah, 2011? I, I, did I know you? Yeah. Did we know each other in 11? I did. I met them like right after, I like met y'all like after y'all crossed because I met y'all because of Leslie, but we didn't really start getting close until the beginning of 2012. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, about 10 years. Hey. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so we have Patrick Wilson with us today. Hey, and, hey, everybody. And we're going to be talking with Pat about education. Um, something like what we did with Constance. Uh, was that last last season? Maybe season one? <clears throat> yeah, season and two. We're going we're gonna to get a male perspective on that. But before we do that, Pat suggested a wine for us. You know, we like getting suggestions. Yes, and the wine he suggested that we try is a Riesling by um, St. Chateau Michel, which is actually one of my favorite Rieslings. So I was so mm-hmm. happy when he suggested that. I got you, sis. I'll be going. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Because I've tried, we've tried <laughs> some, some, whew, we tried some things. <laughs> Right. At least Ooh. we can consider this money well spent. Facts. Yeah. Right. And it's, yeah. no, don't do don't try it. If you haven't tried it, don't try it. I don't advise. Oh, I do. Now let me tell you that's been a quiet taste. Yeah. Okay, good. So it's not just us. <laughs> not for mm-hmm. me. So um I guess Pat. I guess you can, let's go with you first. Tell us what you love about the St. Chateau Michel um, Riesling. I really enjoy how crisp it is and Mm -hmm. how, like, it is. It doesn't have, like, this, you know, someone have that after bite after you drink Mm -hmm. it and they just kind of sit there and you got to do one of them. (laughs) 
Yeah, I I enjoy the fact it doesn't have that because you know if I want that I'm a you know I'm gonna drink some liquor. <laughs> right. I want that bite that bad. I just want some liquor, tequila, tequila. <laughs> but I enjoy that. It's real fresh. Like I could just sip it and mind my business on my porch in my little rocket chair, <laughs> like the old person that I am. And I don't have to worry about being super buzzed, you know, just, just a little light, and I go about my beef. Mm, we just love to it. Get the, just to get the edge off, just a little bit of the edge. Yeah, to knock that thing off. Let me tell you, I went through a lot of wine this school year. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you was anything like me, I'm sure you put that shit in the refrigerator before you left the house Friday morning, yep. knowing that bitch was waiting on you when you got it's home. So Sometimes I couldn't even wait for the weekend. I had to have me a glass of tea during the week. There is nothing wrong with that. I've had bottles during the week. Yeah. By the time Friday hit, I was on number three. Okay. Well, whatever. I don't know. It was one. (laughs) It was one week. It was just a week from hell. I think I went through four bottles of wine. Oh. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I've been there before, and that's when you know you need an intervention. Yeah, I was like, right. baby, this ain't it. I got to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Four bottles within a week? Oh, you triggered, cuz. Right. Like, you don't even do that like right that. But that was a, it was a right. horrible week that week. So, yeah. All right. This one's good, though. It's a good one. Yeah, what do you think, Constance? Well, I got the dry one. I don't, which one did you get? Um, Which one are you drinking, Pat? Um, it's just a regular one. The Well, this is the Harvest Select. So it's a little sweeter. Yeah, um, he has the same one that I have, the sweet Riesling. Yeah, and the okay. Harvest Select is a little sweeter. So I, y'all know I ain't crazy about like crazy ass sweet wines and stuff. And the last reason we had, it was good, I, but it, you know, I just can't. So I went ahead, since they had a dry option, and I appreciate that mm-hmm. they have more than one. They got something for everybody. Right. So everybody can enjoy themselves with the and Riesling that's today. that's why I said it. Mm. You for that. I love you for that. You gotta know so you. I got the dry one, and I agree with Pat. It is really crisp. It gives me like lemon e vibes. Um, it tastes very lemon, like pear, mm. very fresh and crisp. Um, and it's just easy to sip. Like I'm really, I gotta watch it. I'm really afraid I'm gonna fuck this bottle up this evening. Okay. Um, but I will buy her again for sure. Mm. Uh, Saint Chateau Michelle, mm-hmm. ten out of ten. We'll be buying and drinking. Again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you, Mo? This bottle says that it has a ripe flavor of peach, so I kept trying to drink it, and I think I'm just past that point. So if I had known that initially, I would have been looking for that. But um, like Hansa said, this one is a 10 out of 10. I went with the sweet Riesling like Patrick did, and I like it. I forgot what else I had by seeing Chateau Michelle, but I like that too. So I think the brand altogether is just good. I think they have Ooh. a Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Grigio, I, one of the two. It was something else that they made that I had, and I was like, oh, this is dope. I want to say if they do have a Pinot Grigio, I want to say. I think I have but this is a good brand overall. Yeah. 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 I've heard many good things. Um, well, I enjoy it. I already said at the beginning that it was one of, it's my go-to Riesling when I go to purchase Riesling. Um, yes, I don't, I don't have nothing else to add. Everybody said it all for me. 
Listen, Joanna was so excited when I, she's like, does Pat have a wine he wanted to suggest? And when I told her, it was Chateau Sauvignon, she was like, yes! <laughs> she was so happy. <laughs> well, I'm glad I can make you happy, too. That's yes, good. and Pat, I have a thing. It got to be at least 9% of high or higher. And um, <sighs> stop it, okay? Because the sweet one is like 11.5. I think the regular is like 12. And I think the dry is like 12 and a half or 13 or something like that. So it all fits my requirements. It makes me happy yeah. either way. This um this one it says 10.5. The harvest salute. That's good though for a, a vegan. Yeah. Oh, well, I know Constance doesn't like sweet wine, but there is this sweet red that's like 12.5. Um, now make an exception for a sweet red. Um, it's called Cardinal Royale. It's like in this dark bottle and it has like a burgundy gold label. The first time I tried it was in Atlanta and I was hooked on that. I think you can get it from Total Wine. Oh, we, love, we love the Total, Total Wine. Wine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> San Antonio Cardinal. I wish I had a, a bottle. You said San Antonio? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, pull, I pulled it up. Oh, this is, okay. It's seven dollars. Yeah, it, oh, and it's not expensive either. And that oh. is good. Let me tell you something. I slept oh. on that one time, and she got me. Pat, it's out of <laughs> Pat. It must be real good because it's out of stock. Oh, see, told you. <laughs> it's good now. Magic. I know. Mm-hmm. I hate that, but now it's even the Amazon good. don't have it. I was on Total Wine. I got the app. I'm cool. Do. Why don't I not have this fucking app? Because <laughs> every time I go in there, you got a phone number. Hell yeah. Okay. I'm dreaming about a liquor store that would give me a discount. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, and I also like to use the app for when I'm trying to find something. It'll tell me what aisle it's on in whatever store I'm in. Well, yeah, that's good. So, I like to do that. Yes. Okay. Thank you for this suggestion, Pat. This is awesome. I'm glad you like it. I like it. One of my go-to's. Um. All right. Yes. Let's uh, move on to introducing our <clears throat> guest for what we came here to talk about today, which is education. Mm-hmm. Teacher life. So, Mo, if you could, can you go ahead and introduce our guest? Hey, friends. This week, we're talking to Patrick R. Wilson. Patrick grew up in Conway in Plantersville, South Carolina, a 2013 graduate of the University of South Carolina, go Gamecocks, and 2020 graduate of Francis Marion University, a former middle school educator transitioning into higher ed. Patrick's ultimate goal is to become a history professor focusing on African-American history, African studies, and the diaspora. So, Pat, I remember um, when, I don't know, I remember me and you went out to, like, lunch or something. This was, like, years ago. And um, we were talking about how you wanted to get into teaching and how you, at first like went to school to like be a lawyer because you thought that's what you was going to do and then because that was something (laughs) that I think you I think you know tell me if I'm wrong but I think you said that's something like your family was like pushing to you to do or wanted you to do and then you was just like that's not me that's not what I want to do and I remember you saying something about actually about history 
and wanting to teach like black history and being a teacher and all this other kind of stuff. And you were kind of transitioning into that. So um, what actually inspired you to want to become a teacher in the first place? Um, honestly, it was my, my Aunt Marie, um, God bless you, Jerry. My Aunt Marie and my Uncle Jimmy, they were educators for years. Um, and they both studied, you know, like black history and all the different historical stuff. And they were really amazing. And like yeah, during the summers and break, you know, of course I would go outside and play. But before I could play, a lot of times I would have assignments that I would have to do for them. Like I have to write about a black inventor that nobody knew about or you know, some influential black person and what they contributed to society so that I would know who we were as a people and where we came from. And it wasn't just, oh, they came and stole us and they made us work on plantations mm. and, you know, and then Martin Luther King came and had a dream and now we're all equal. Like, no, like they made me get into the nitty gritty of our people, like as a whole and the many different contributions that we made that a lot of times we don't get credit for because, we were considered property, so the ideas were stolen and patented by the by the Caucasian people who owned us and as bad as it is. And it really made me wanna be like, I wanna I wanna do that. I want people to know like who we are and, you know, what we can do. And you know, it just kinda really did that for me. And I had really, really amazing kids along the way too. Um, I had a eighth a eighth grade science teacher. Um Mrs. Watt, Watt Green. Um, she, she's amazing. And she just retired, actually. She she taught for, gosh, what did she say? Like 41 years or something like that? Oh, wow. You look at her and wow. you didn't even think it, but she was fresh out. And she was an amazing science teacher. And she really, like, turned it around for me. And my British um, literature teacher, my English um, two honest teacher, Miss Anderson, like, she was amazing. We did not get along at first, baby, because he used to tell me that, I mean, you good, but you could be better. And I was like, girl, I got this. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but she challenged me and she pushed me and she made me that much more of a of a better writer. And I tell her all the time, like, I really appreciate you because when I got to college, the papers were phenomenal <laughs> and I, I really respect her to this day for that and then I had a biology teacher she was one of the first black teachers I ever had first and foremost Miss Hewitt Miss Hewitt was amazing she was my biology honors teacher and then my trig teacher my algebra three teacher Miss um, Bruton Miss Bruton beat that math into my head and made it so easy because math is my least favorite subject and she was the only class, the only math class in high school that I got an A in because she literally made it so easy and fun for me to learn it. So let me tell you, that math, I was cool when it was just numbers and then they started adding letters and invisible numbers, imaginary numbers. Mm -hmm. I said, well, if it's not there, then it's not a number. So why I got to do that? <laughs> but like those, like my Aunt Marie and my Uncle Jimmy and then those specific teachers, like I loved it. And even Mr. D, Mr. D, bless his heart, he was such a sweet man, but he was shell-shocked because he was in the military. 
and we couldn't do anything. We couldn't get up without permission. You couldn't say the word hair because he was balding. He had all these stuffed animals. He knocked up one of his stuffed animals. He started crying. But that was one of the best social studies teachers I ever had because he really loved what he did. And he would dress up when we talk about the different areas and we had to like learn all this stuff about, you know, their culture and what they wore and stuff. Like he made it very interactive, which is a main reason why I think I spent so much time trying to be an interactive teacher in my classroom because it literally helps the kids when they can move and do certain things. And I always try to make it as interactive as I could, especially for it being English. So child, y'all know English gets real boring real fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that that's what brought me to it. I really, I really wanted to be that. Like I used to be a fake teacher and have my stuffed animals. I used to bully my siblings. I bullied my siblings into being my students. They were like, I don't want to do that. So sit down and shut up. <laughs> and I did teacher for that in high school. And I think that's what really showed me before I graduated high school and went to college. But, you know, listen to my family. I yeah. took the other path. I get that. I get that. Mm. Yeah. Okay, you made it there, and I did. I made it, it there. I got there. It was yeah. supposed to happen, right? So, like, and when you're talking about um, all the teachers that influenced you, uh, you know, teaching is is really become a very predominantly female profession. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I wondered, like, what's your opinion about why you think like black male representation, especially, is important in the classroom today? Like for our kids, um, I really think that black male representation is important in the classroom because we need to see men that look like us showing us that it's okay to grow into our intellect. It's okay for us to not be afraid to be smart or you know to be an intellectual to have intelligence um but another thing is we need black male educators to keep it real with us like i'm not by any means a conventional or by the book teacher like i kept it real with them i would give them real life lessons and i would try to turn you know everyday things that they would see into lessons that way it would click for them like you have to make it culturally relevant no matter what happens and a lot of people tend to forget that and especially with me growing up for a while i grew up in a single parent household until i was about 10 or 11 when my mom met my sister so I just think, you know, having those influences, having those black male teachers probably would have, it would have helped me a lot more in my adolescent years. Um, granted, you know, I had uncles and I had my grandfather. Like, I had those male sisters and I even had my biological father. But even before I met him, I didn't meet him until I was almost 10. So I think it would have been really helpful. And a lot of my students, um, some of them, they don't they don't have their their fathers. So they responded differently to me versus a female teacher because they're so used to having their mom or their auntie or their grandma or somebody constantly fussing, da 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 And then you see this male teacher 
And he come at you like, look, I'm not going to do all that hollering. You know, I'm going to talk to you. Blah, 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 blah. Because I don't, I don't scream that much. Like, that's always been my thing. Like, why would I holler at you? Because what is that doing for you? Because clearly people have been hollering at you and it, don't, it ain't working. Um, and it actually scared my kids more so the fact that I would get on them, but I wouldn't holler at them. It's like, you fuss at us, but you're not hollering. And then you laugh and you smile about it. And then when you turn around to talk to yourself, talking to the wall, they be like, you all right, Mr. Wilson? <laughs> like, my first year, I got all my kids. And I was like, nah, it ain't no way that they're doing this to me because you you know how to do this, right? And I was like, yeah, you know how to do this. It's like, but they need to learn how to do this, right? Yeah, like, that's why they're here, right? Because this is school. I'm not a babysitter. I'm a teacher. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, friend. I'm like, yeah, that's what we all thought. And the kids was like, is he talking to himself? And one of my kids was like, um, are you related to Pennywise? Do you eat children? I said, yes. <laughs> Not do you eat children. I said, yes, I do. With hot sauce. Now sit down. Oh, I just love that. I miss showing the children you're crazy. Yeah, and that's what Good I tell people. I was like, depending on where you at, you got to show them you're crazy. Let them know I ain't going for it. Like, mm. it is what it is. But uh, they can't get enough of me. The eighth graders this year, they was back at school full time. They was running down to my classroom all the time. Oh, my God, I miss a person. I miss you. Why didn't you move to eighth grade with us? So I didn't want to move to seventh grade with y'all. They just told me before I started. <laughs> <laughs> I said, this is not Freedom Writers. I'm not following y'all to every grade. And I ate myself because somebody said, what's Freedom Writers? I said, Google it. Oh, my gosh. That's my turn, though. I, I love them, but golly. The people was always like, it's always eight writers on this hall. They always coming to see Wilson. I was like, well, I'm sorry, y'all. I taught these kids. Some of these kids I taught in sixth grade and in seventh grade. And then the other ones I didn't teach in sixth grade that I got this in last year in seventh grade, like, they already knew who I was. I was like, I'm sorry. Don't hate me because I'm popular. Oh. <laughs> Not flexing oh. as a teacher. Oh. Oh. Cool teacher. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. Folks used to be so bad because I was the cool teacher. I was like, yeah, I'm the cool teacher, but they still know not to play with me. So what you want me to do about it? And like, you know what? Those uh, are the ones that I'm, they like, though. I have to feel like as students, like we like the teachers that like would quote unquote talk shit to us and put us in our place. Yeah, like they, they <laughs> love it. Like I used to tell them all the time, like my speech at the beginning of every school year is, look, we can make this however you want it. Like it could be a great school year or the school year for hell because I'm on whatever y'all on. So y'all come in here and act like we good and we good. Y'all come in here um on demon time and i'm gonna show y'all that i'm the devil <laughs> what's up <laughs> but it's because they know where they stand with you yeah. you know it ain't no ain't nothing. it's uh this is what it is this is what he expects i know if i do this this gonna happen yeah, like, no i don't do this this gonna happen and every time i do it it's gonna be the same story right because kids well, you know you always got them little tribes at the beginning because mm-hmm. they they trying to fill it out and one of them tried to roast me and i said are you sure are you sure? Because I'm not I'm not one of them old school teachers. I wrote that. And don't go home crying to your mama them talking about Mr. Wilson picking on me because I'm going to say your child wanted to play the dozen and he lost or she lost. <laughs> it is what it is. Everybody was like, 
you're supposed to be the mature one. I am the mature one, but um, I'm not Michelle Obama. When they go low, I go to hell. So, <laughs> What keeps you coming back from teaching? Well, coming back to teaching after being on vacation or feeling like things are hard on your worst days when you have finished four bottles of wine in a week. <laughs> what kept it's you coming it. back? Um, just getting involved outside of the classroom. Like I started a set team that I coach. Um, very they, nice. They were some quick learners. Um, you know, those those were my babies. Like I got to know. Well, I knew the eighth graders because I had them before, and. Um, of course, I knew my seventh graders who were on my team because they were in my classes, but I got to know like some sixth graders and like the sixth grade teachers were appreciative because, you know, in middle school, you can't play a sport for you in the seventh grade. So it's not really a lot of stuff for sixth graders. So I opened it up to them and they really appreciated it. And I had like these amazing three um, sixth graders. And like all the kids were amazing. I had a really good like assistant coach who was also our cheerleading coach. Um, so, you know, we got the thing done, like, they were so nervous, and they was like, what if I mess up? I was like, remember when you tried out and recovery was a part of your critique? The only person who's going to know you messed up is you. You know the routine. The people outside don't know the routine, right? Um, and that first performance, they killed it. Like, they did the girls' halftime during basketball season, and the, like, applause and the cheers is so good, and they felt really good. I put them to uh, step show on that dinner group and they, they had a good time. Um, just trying to expose them to like college experiences, teaching mm-hmm. them the backgrounds of, you know, what stepping is and where it comes from and the ties that it has to certain parts of, you know, the continent Africa. Like, I made it educational and fun. I, I just tried to expose them to stuff. I wanted them to be in competitions, but, you know, co-beaching. So, it's a little scary. Um, <laughs> but, I did that. Um, my students knew ever since my first year. If you play a sport, like I had kids who dance, um, I would come to their competitions. I had kids in PV leagues. I would go to their games. Like you tell Mr. Wilson, Mr. Wilson gonna show up. Like, and I think it was building those bonds um, and those relationships with my students. It really kept me going. Like even when the admin on my nerves, even when it's certain coworkers on my nose, even when parents on my nose. I know that I came here for these kids. I came here to help them grow into into decent human beings, like good people. I want them to be great. And I tell them that all the time. As much I want you to be the greatest person that you can be and I want you to make a contribution to society that's meaningful. But I can't want it more than you. And so I just think that being involved outside of the classroom and letting the kids see me, and more than just teaching, I think it really it helped, and it definitely made me want to go back. They always asking me to chaperone something, um, and the kids be like, "Oh, Mr. Wilson, you go into so and so." I was like, "Yeah, I'm a chaperone," and they be all excited, like, "Ooh, turn it!" I'm like, "Oh, it's you." Whatever. Um, but that that would really do it, and. Um, we had like a teacher, it was, wasn't during teacher appreciation, it was like, you know, just the stuff you're thankful about. And so my kids, 
Um, so write these notes. It's like write a note to your favorite teacher and let them know why you appreciate it. And I got so many of these little notes about, ah, Mr. Wilson is, you know, I love you. You're my favorite teacher because you're nice to us. You know that you care. Like, you don't treat us like how some other teachers treat us. Or, you know, if I need help, you're willing to stay and help me. You'll come in early in the morning. Like, I had a student who I was tutoring um, in the morning. Um, I get there at about 6.30. And I tutored him until the kids started coming at about 7.30, 7.45. I just be working with him. Um, and I would do that for a few students. Um, you know, I bring them breakfast. I mean, food, if I'm eating, you know, I go just eat in front of you. And I know some of them didn't really eat school breakfast, so some of them just didn't eat breakfast at all. So I give them breakfast and, you know, don't start the day hungry because you're not going to focus. So I just try and look out for them. I call them all my little broke best friends. Some kids got so much money out of me, and I already don't make that much. But if I had it, I'd get it for them. You know, I done brought a lot of candy. I done brought chocolates for people's dancing child. They get me. I say, I don't even like chocolate like that, but I'm going to buy it for you. But you never know. <laughs> Somebody going to want it. Yeah. I done brought them donuts for, um, you know, having a certain class average or if you made a certain grade cut off. You know, I have quarterly incentives because people like to think about kids like they're not kids, but like they, they need something to look forward to and work for. So I would always have those quarterly incentives. Like the class average is this, whole class get donuts. And then second quarter, whole class get cookies. Third quarter, pizza. Fourth quarter, we have a little, little turn up, you know. Um, so just stuff like that. I try to make it as fun as possible for them because, oh Lord, middle school is different now. Now my middle school didn't even have recess. I thought that was weird because we still had recess when I was in middle school. Um, they don't really the don't take a break at lunch for them 40 minutes oh. and then that ain't enough because they didn't really get to mix up they had to sit with their class so yeah so, no, um so i just yeah i like the fact that you know we just to try to plan stuff like my first year we planned a valentine's day dance like a mapping center like the kids had so much fun because it's like oh we get to do something like, the kids love that. Like, if you just make them go to class and go to lunch and nothing else, they feel like, hey, boy, I'm in school or I'm in prison. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, um, was, that was sweet of you to incorporate the yeah. step team. Hopefully, they will continue the legacy while you're gone. I'm trying my hardest to find them a coach. I just need somebody to say, yeah, I'll do it. Like, and quick on the serve, I thought about I still do it. I don't work for them no more, but all I gotta do is pass a background test and I can clearly do that. I work for y'all. Um, so I'll try and go down there and do it myself if I got to. I could sacrifice driving to Orangeburg like two times a week versus every day. So yeah. Yeah. I think you'd be able to get somebody from the the local college. Yeah. That's what I put it in volunteer hours or something. I put it in um that SC group. I was like, yeah, somebody is interested, you know, hit me up. You know. Right. I know y'all boys need service hours. So. <laughs> right. So, 
Poke them turn. <laughs> Please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, outside of doing stuff outside the classroom, I think it really helped keep my joy up even when yeah. it was hard. As listening. <clears throat> Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honey. It's these little things. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, like, um, are there any challenges that you feel like you face as being specifically a black male teacher? Um, Cause there's so little black male teachers out there. Like, I don't think I had one. I think I, more, the one I had was an ROTC teacher. So I don't even know if he counts. Yeah. Like that was my experience. My band teacher, um, he was like at my old middle school before I came. It was him, and then when I got to high school, it was my ROTC instructor, which was my uncle, my uncle Cheese. So <laughs> uncle Cheese don't count. <laughs> He's my uncle Cheese. Um, so he didn't treat me like some of the other children. He got on me harder because he was my uncle. Um, so yeah, like my first like legitimate black male teacher probably didn't happen until college. Like, that's hard, like, a course, which is crazy. Um, really crazy. I don't know how about it. But it, 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 mm-hmm. it. I think one of the challenges as a black male educator is one thing is a respect thing, because some people try to play, like, like, we're soft or something, because, you know, education is from, is a mostly female-oriented mm-hmm. Profession, and it's like, but the women who teach aren't soft either. So why would you expect for yeah. us to be? If anything, we're a lot tougher than y'all because the eighteen-month school was closed. Y'all couldn't handle teaching y'all own children. Y'all, y'all were dying. <laughs> y'all hated it. We were heroes and all this other stuff. But like, I think that's what it was like. That's the thing. Like, I had, I had an experience. Like. This beginning of school year, one of my students didn't like the fact that I corrected him. So he went to his exploratory and he was talking young. He thought, oh, Mr. Wilson Gay, da 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 like going off. So he got rolled up and his dad came up there. And his dad was like, well, I don't see anything wrong with what he said. If he is that he is, that's a problem. So your child don't get to say whatever he wants. And he was going off, like literally going off. But by the end of the year, his son ended up telling me I was his favorite teacher and he always wanted to stay in my class. And he eventually apologized for the way that he acted because he was wilding and he thought he was going wild on me. And I had to let him know. I said, well, all due respect, your son's sitting right there. I'm not your child. Watch him out when you address me and you teach me because I'm a grown man like you're a grown man. So, like, that was the he thing. Said it to like, yeah, I, yeah, like, who's that to? <laughs> Like, some of the parents, like, some of the parents down there, they would get beside themselves, and it's like, I'm all about keeping it professionally, but at the same time, remember, I'm grown like you grown. Like, yeah, you got a child, but it's not me. <laughs> it's never going to be me. So watch your mouth. <laughs> um, it's respectful. Hey friends, thank you all for supporting Unestablished. We are one year in this podcasting game and we would not be here without you. 
Come and help us celebrate one year of podcasting in Columbia, South Carolina, July 16th from 6 to 10. If you want the location, you have to RSVP. The link is in our bio, and we hope to see you there. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Did you have a hair tie around your wrist, like at absolutely. all times, just in case you something. had to, like? Where are you? Where's my dog? My dog is in here. My dog, old faithful, right here. Honey. Old faithful, always right here. Always right here. Because if it's ever a problem, oh, what's up? What happened? What happened? <laughs> oh. Okay. Let me know what's up. But. Nah, because I learned my first year, like I had to assert myself because I'm young, like, and then they don't make it no better that I got a young face. So nobody ever believed I was as old as I was. Like I told them, I'm 29, and they was like, you look like a baby. Everybody assumed that I was like 22, 23, fresh out of college. And I had a parent come up because her child was failing and like she tried to make it seem like it was me and i was like here's here's the portfolio because i always i'm a half a receipt and i kept portfolios on all of my students like quiz grades assignment grades test grades homework grades all, you can see it all right here and she really tried to get on my head and i let her know i was like well ma'am i don't know what else you want me to do because i've given you the proof and you're not taking it seriously, but your 20 minutes is up that you scheduled, so I'm going to have to ask you to leave because now you're all, you're all my time because this is my planning time. And so she tried to catch an attitude, and I was like, well, ma'am, I really hope that you find a place to direct that energy because I don't care. Um, your 20 minutes is up that you scheduled, and I hope you have a good day. Yes. <laughs> I was because you're not gonna come like you scheduled this meeting. I gave you the meeting. I talked to you (laughs) what was going on. I let you know about your child's behavior, which was in the contact log. I contacted you each time there was a behavior problem. I let you know what it was. I showed you the proof, and I showed you the fact that I would put comments on these assignments and say go back and redo it, and you know I'll go back and regrade it. Here's what you can fix. What else do you want me to do? Your child didn't take advantage of that help. And I let you know what it was. And now you're trying to talk crazy to me. No, ma'am. You won't. Not to me. Not in here. This ain't your house. Have a good day. And she was like, you must be being so rude. Um, I have to go tell your principal. I said, well, make sure you go to the front office. When you look down that long hallway, it's the door at the end that has her name on the door. Please, by all means. Go ahead. Well, I mean, can't do nothing to you. So, yeah, like, I didn't curse at you. Like, I just let you know, no, ma'am, you don't get to sit here and try and disrespect me because if I get in my disrespect bag, they're going to send me home for three days. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to let you live, baby. Go ahead now. So, yeah. <laughs> that was my thing. Like, that was, so that was the thing I say, like, for me, being a black male educator who looks so young, which I know that's a thing for both men and women, and then the whole, I guess the whole sexuality thing, like, you know, I'm not broadcasting my sexuality, but, like, a lot of the kids from where I was teaching, like, they 
saw being a black man as being this one thing, they associated it with this hyper masculine and you gotta look like this, walk like this, talk like this, and then here comes me. <laughs> like, it's different. And you know, as a community, we have a tendency to ridicule what's different anyway. So it is what it is, but I had to let them know. I was like, I wasn't born a teacher, like, and the, this ain't the only hood down here. It's hoods everywhere. I was like, just because I choose not to project where I grew up into my everyday life, please don't be fooled. Don't let these degrees and things fool you. Because <laughs> I could turn into a different person. So it was that. That was definitely a challenge. Um, but the kids, um, well, just like, they didn't care. Like, the kids, kids be knowing, especially now with this generation. They exposed mm-hmm. to so much. They, they know what's up. Yeah. And they don't care as long as, you know, you respect them, they respect you. Like, they, care about who you they are know you person. care about them. Yeah, they know you care about them, then it is what it is. And my kids, they didn't care. One of my kids, the beginning of this past school year, that joker, we minding our business, and he's taking notes, and he raised me, and I was like, what you need? He was like, man, Mr. Wilson, why we ain't met your boyfriend what? yet? I was like, <laughs> and take these notes. <laughs> he made me so sick. That joke was so, I was in my head cracking up. I was like, oh, no. stop <laughs> me Can you even be mad at that? Because I think it was a genuine question. Like, he wasn't trying to be shysty about it. No, I wasn't. No, I, I wasn't mad at all. I just was like, okay, take these notes. Like, it was funny to me. Like, why would he be mad? Like, like clearly this little nigga know that it is what it is. <laughs> and so I pulled him out one day. I was like, what made you ask that? He's like, man, I'm just saying, like, why we ain't never met him? He's like, man, Mr. Wilson, we know. We don't care. And I was like, I mean, I feel that, but do you think that that was the appropriate time to ask that question? He's like, yeah, you probably right. And I was like, and I don't have one. That's why. And I didn't lie because I didn't. I had somebody I was talking to. That's none of their business. Right. That's none of their business. And why would I shoot y'all to him anyways? Because we're not even talking no more. Oh. So it don't matter. I'm happy you well. brought that up and not to exploit like what your choices are. But this is June and it's Pride Month. So I think it's like important to highlight your role um, when kids go to Walmart and or go you know out in the street and they see people wearing Pride. And they, I'm sure they're relating that back to you because they just say kids are young, but they're smart. They're not stupid. The internet is yeah. teaching them whether their parents teach them or not. So I think you allowing them to ask you those questions and exist in that space is awesome. Yeah, like I um we had this one day um it was like a groovy day. So we had these shirts and I had on this like little headband. I had on these pins and one of the pins was a it was a LGBT um pride thing and one of two was like you support LGBT. I was like yeah like. And they were like, are you a part of it? And I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> like, at the end of the day, what are you going to do with my ex being there? Like, <laughs> you're not going to, like, beat me up. Like, and what are you really going to say? It's nothing you can say that can hurt my feelings. Hello, I grew up a smart black gay kid in the hood. <laughs> You can't say anything yeah. to hurt my feelings. 
Like I done heard it all. <laughs> I'm sure they would have tried it though. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they wanted to. They was itching, but they just yeah. knew. <laughs> nah, like so, like you know, it is what it is. Like one boy said something. Um, I didn't even teach him, and he tried to say some anti-gay, like little crack, little wise crack. And I was like, "What's five times six? Quickly, oh. quickly!" Oh, <laughs> damn! You didn't have to do yes, him like Lord. that. <laughs> yes, you did. And I'm and so happy that you did. And he looked, and he was like 25, and wrong answer, forehead. It's 30. Not forehead. Not forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remember that episode? Y'all remember that episode of Prime Game? No. Oh, oh God. <laughs> like, he no. uh, said something in the, um, who was it? I think it was like DJNA taking. Um, the little teenage high school text, she's like, eh, wrong answer for him, or something like that. It was one of them parts, because Ashanti had voice the girl. I'll never forget that. I got that clip in my phone. I use it all the time. <laughs> that's a good one. But, like, yeah, like, and that's another reason why I think the kids respected me and who I was, because it's like, yeah, like, that's a part of me, but it's not everything who I am. And, you know, if you're going to crack a joke, Mr. Wilson's going to yeah. get on your head. Yeah. Like, it's what it is. And I was just like, don't like, I was like, y'all, y'all be around gay people. If whether anybody want to admit it or not, a family member, a friend, like it is what it is. And it's like, don't feel like it's anything wrong. Like, and my kids knew I was a safe space for them. Like, if they have questions, they should come ask. Um, and I just try to make sure that I was what they needed because it was something that I needed when I was in middle school trying to figure out, okay, this is who I am. I, I, I'm pretty sure this is who I am, but I'm not 100% sure. But I feel different than what my other peers mm-hmm. feel like. And I really, I didn't have that from teachers. Um, so the fact that I could be that as a teacher, I think it, it, it helped me. It made me feel good. Um, so sometimes you just, you need somebody to, to talk to, because as much as you like to talk to your parents about certain things, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. So when you have that other adult that you trust, um, you just kind of want to open up. And I always let them know, like, you know, like, yeah, I'm having this conversation with you, but I want you to understand there is going to be a point where you need to, you need to speak with this about your parents, because I don't want to feel like I've overstepped my, my boundaries and, you know, except, you know, my toes over the line. And I, I love the fact that you feel good enough to trust me, but you're still going to have to bring this up to your parents or your guardians, you know. And maybe talking to me first can help you figure out how you will break the ice, but definitely you have to talk to your parents. Yeah. But I wouldn't say anything until... You know, they would say something, and then maybe the parent might come ask me. Um, I've had a few parents ask me, well, you know, how do I how do I go about addressing this, you know, to where they feel, you know, supported, and then I don't come off as ignorant. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that they would ask me, yeah. so I give them a few feelings. So, you know, I tell them, you know, it's, it's, it's a team thing. It's a team effort. Like, awesome. you got your team you know, after school, during school, I'm here, but um, 
That's his opinion. <laughs> I can only take you so far, um, but this train yeah. does come to an end. And I'm going to need y'all both to get off and handle <laughs> yeah. the situation at hand. Right. <laughs> I'm here for more support, baby. At the end of the day, you the one who get that oh, money, baby. Up. Not me. <laughs> And if another stimmy rolls in, that's going right. To be Run me a fourth nice. of it, and we we might can okay. talk. Dude, I'm saying though, just fly me like two fifty, and I got you. <laughs> <laughs> just break me off a piece of that there. Right, it's hard out here. I'm single with no dependent. Uncle <laughs> Sam is meeting my ass up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Now my first. My first year of teaching, like, just bachelor's, no experience, taxes were eating me alive. I was making less than a stack every taking, mm. and I am busting my behind. Did you like? Did you get any quick. benefits during the um, pandemic, like the height of the pandemic with discounts and stuff? Because I know there were first responders, but... Teachers were just as important. I thought that they kind of were in that list too. No? No. No. They don't give a fuck about us. They did. They said, y'all are heroes. I don't see how y'all do it. (laughs) Meanwhile. But that's that's always always the thing. Oh, my God. I have so much respect for teachers. I could never do what you do. Oh, my gosh. You're just amazing. Oh, I could never. Well, bitch, vote for me to make more money. I don't understand. You so sympathetic. Right. Get out here. Get your bald head ass out here with that sign and tell them to pay me. For real. <laughs> but, they, but they ain't going to do that because that's going to raise their taxes. Um, so. Yeah, and that's the thing. In order for us to get paid more, taxes will have to go and people don't want to do that. Nope. And then, you know, based on the your district is going to determine how much you get paid yep. because the money comes from taxes. Right. So if you live in a more affluent place in county mm-hmm. where people are paying these taxes, you're going to be willing mm. to get paid more. Yeah. But you... So, bullshit and helicopter Where I live, mm. not to highlight them for any reason right now, um, they included, like, a penny tax, but they use it for, like, roadway repairs. And if it can be significant to do a change like that, you would think that they would be able to in- implement something as similar for teachers. And honestly, for me, I've always been a firm believer that teachers should... Football players should not be making as much as they do compared to teachers when they're on the front line of education tomorrow's children. Like, that's just always my opinion. So the money is out here. The money is to go around. I know it's coming from different places, but there is money that can be tapped into. I mean, I I definitely agree. And then, you know, the thing that people say is, well, they put their bodies at risk and their careers don't last long and they have sponsors. And which is all well again, and these are facts. I get it. But let's not forget, you needed a teacher before you could go to college, before you could be drafted, like you could be scouted and all this other stuff. Like you had to be a student first. Right. And you needed those teachers. And another thing that I don't like and that I'm, it's a hill that I'm willing to die on. Education is very underpaid because of the simple fact of the matter it is, you know, dominated and oriented. When you think about teachers, mm-hmm. you think about women. Yep. And people don't want to pay women. Nope. Like, and so I think that's a, a major thing. It's, it's not viewed. 
like people like to fake view it as respectable, but and when you break it down, it's not as respectable as people try to make it seem. Because they're like, oh, well, you're just a teacher, or you knew what you signed up for when you decided to be a teacher, and all this other stuff. And it's like, yeah, I signed up to help children grow, not be a babysitter or a pseudo-parent or a pseudo-therapist, but yet here I am doing mm-hmm. this thing. Because these kids be going through issues. Right, yeah. They go through problems, and they bring that with them. Because as easy as it is to say, leave your problems at the door, it's grown people who can't Facts. even do that. And you expect somebody who's not fully cognitively developed to do Facts. it? It's not going to happen. No. Mental like, is so serious. Mental, mental, like, yes. Like, and it's crazy when you think about the people who work to make sure that children are learning and growing, not only, like, intellectually, but, like, socially and emotionally, how they're treated and how they are not paid. Like, a school therapist, like, a school social worker or something like that. Like, a lot of times they don't get what these private sector people get. Their job is just as important. Right. And, hell, I mean, I know they said they put their bodies on the line and shit, but, honey, with all these goddamn school shootings and shit, I don't understand what you mean. I'm I'm boxed right, in in this little ass classroom with these children that I I would die for. Like I don't want my kids to die. I really don't. I Ooh, I don't want like, them to run that. But you know, my life on the line too, motherfucker. And you ain't gonna let me have a gun in, in the classroom to protect my children. Coming, yeah, the folks be coming in and shooting up schools. Like and people are perishing. Children and teachers. Like, you don't think that's important? And then the response is, oh, well, maybe we should arm teachers. Oh, great. So I got to be a parent, a therapist, uh, a sponsor, and walk a Texas Ranger. Get off the mic. In the, in the interview. <laughs> no. 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 Walk the Texas Ranger. Annie Oakley. Kidding me? Paul Bunyan. <laughs> Matt Colonel. Like, I got to lead the revolt against the school shooter. Like, though. no. Like, <laughs> instead, of fixing, instead, of, instead of fixing the problem, you're not fixing the foundation. You're just slapping a Band-Aid over the crack and saying, okay, we're going to give these teachers the guns. And if they run up in there, blast them. Yeah. Excuse That's me? because most of the, most of the people making that? those decisions have never been in the classroom. Facts. And that's another thing that makes me not want to be a part of education. How are you letting people who have never done a job make decisions about this job? And then blame um, that Betsy the a woman. They knew better. Don't even, don't even go there with her. And then don't even get me started on the lady. I can't even think of her name right now. Um, she is running for school um state superintendent under the Republican Party. Um this woman don't even have a master's degree. She just enrolled into Bob Jones Bob or whatever Jones. the school is. The little race Stop. the little school up in what is it like Spartan <laughs> Um to try to get Stop. a master's a master's takes anywhere from a year to two years, depending on how you move it. Um and by the time elections come, it's only going to have been six months. How are you running for that? You don't, you <laughs> it's going to be honorary. She's going to pay for that one. How 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 are you doing that? And like nobody's batting an eye. Um, 
Nobody don't want to make a fuss about it. Like, get on her. Hey, stink. You shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck. And you know that. You know that. They don't have to be quiet. to do a damn thing. Like, you saw that crazy so... bitch that was under Trump who was making all them decisions. And that's our whole, that was the whole career. Like, everybody in the world who don't know what the fuck they're talking about refuses to consult the people who actually are on the front lines and know what the hell they're talking about. The professionals, the actual fucking professionals are never consulted to make decisions, but we get all the blame when shit don't work. Yes. I think, well, the reason why is because education transitioned from being about truly educating to a numbers game. Funding comes from the kids being in the building. Funding comes from attendance. Things come from test schooling. Like, so people who are already well aware and more prepared, like in these affluent districts, who don't have as many issues, they get some money. And then that pushes the ones, the districts who don't, who may not have as much, try to want to keep up. But in all actuality, they cannot keep up. Because you don't have the money because your county taxes are different or the children are going through certain things that kids in these more affluent and well off districts are not going through. Um, and yeah. sometimes learning or the things you push as education are the last things on these children's minds. They're wondering about, are my lights going to be on when I get home? Am I going to have something to eat? Do I have Will to I sleep food? tonight and not hear gunshots? Do I have to duck on the floor because a bullet came through my my wall? Right. Because that's happened. I've had a former student who literally had to be on crutches. She sprayed her knee because she rolled over off the bed too hard because they were shooting where she lived and a bullet literally came through and hit her pillow. Had she not gotten on the ground, that would have been it. And this is what our children have to worry about. And now you want me to be upset or reinforce the fact that, you know, they don't care about these dead Caucasian people. Listen. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I can't blame them. No. I can't. Like, baby, I'm trying to make sure I can eat and that I don't get shot in my own home. I don't care about Emily Dickinson. No disrespect to Emily, but this that went on the glory a long time ago. I'm trying not to. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Education needs a major a fucking overhaul. Yeah. It went from being about the kids to being about money. Yeah. It's, um, but it, it, it's so political. It's disgusting. Even when you start about, is. you know, the whole, you know, getting the people who are affluent, get the money, knowing they don't need the money. That's where the money is. So why doesn't it make sense to you to give money to the ones who don't have it so that they can um, rise to the occasion like those who live in affluent, but it's because they don't want them to succeed. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a right. and I would die on that fucking hill. They don't want them to succeed. They don't. They want them to stay in that place. And that's where we at. It's it's a capitalist country, and mm-hmm. the 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 survival of the fittest, if you will. And whoever got the money got the power. And they want those people who are in who got money to have the power. And those who don't have it, they don't want them to have it. They get in these offices and make these decisions looking at dollar signs versus looking at helping these children. And I'm a firm believer in the fact that it's because they don't care. A lot of the children, if you're in public school, they don't care about your education because, oh, well, you should have had enough money to put them in private school so they can get to this education. And we don't care what happens to them 
you deal with it and you make it do what it do. And the few people who happen to flourish, you know, they try to pull them away mm-hmm. and then it repeats this same cycle and it, it's crap. Like, I told my students, I was like, I really want y'all to pay attention to what's going on because it's like they're trying to monetize education to the point where no more public school, you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Or you just don't learn. And then what's going to happen to you without an education? Because what are they building faster than anything else? Prison. X, yeah. That people profit X. from. Yeah. And I tell them, I was like, you have to really want to do better, to strive to be better. Because one thing about this government, you're going to contribute to them one way or the other. You're going to do what they call it an upstanding citizen or you're going to pay taxes or they're going to place you in a cell where they're going to make thousands of dollars off of you. But either way it goes, Uncle Sam is going to get his money off right. of you. Well, paying you pennies. That is it is to say. Yeah. And then you're working in this prison and you're making two cents a day working like a slave. Literally. So, it's scary. And, and the kids can't be the people who really care that much because they're children. Their parents and guardians have to care too. And a lot of what I saw with Chad and me was the fact that some of the parents don't care because they didn't have the best education. But why don't you want to break the cycle? Because they, they don't value yeah, it. Yeah, they don't see, a lot of them don't see the value in it. And they only come up when they see that the child may be failing or in danger of being retained. And now you want to be super, super parent. But what about when I was calling you all school and trying to let you know what was going on? What about when we were trying to, what about when we were trying to let you know, like, your child is missing a lot of days in school, which is hurting their performance and hindering their grades and what they're going to learn? Like, because they don't care uh, about their grades yeah. for real. They 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 don't want to be embarrassed that their child got held back. And that's all that shit is. They it, are concerned out of embarrassment because, for themselves, not even for the kid, but for themselves. Yeah, for themselves. Because, you know, and you know how it is. And, oh, well, you know, someone's so child got held back. Because, you know, she don't be doing what she's supposed to do. Um, like, and it's just like, well, if you just you kind of stayed on it a little bit and you cared, it would it would go a long way. And I understand that people have things going on and I always led with that. But when when do we come to a point where we kinda pull ourselves through it, like, you know, understand, yeah, this is where I am right now, but it's not where I always have to be. Um, because I got a lot of those um, talks from parents. Well, you know, I'm a single mother, and it's hard, and it is. And I'll never take that away because it is. I right. saw it. Sure. But the reason why I know it can be better is because I saw it. Right. My mama was a single parent, raising two sons. My mama worked a full time and a part time. Sometimes she worked two full times, but you better believe she knew what was going on mm-hmm. when it came to our education. Right. She may have worked. 17 hours when she was up at that school, dog tired. What's going on? Is he passing? Is he acting right? What's the issue? Let me see your work. Like, you have to want to do it. You got to push through the tired. 
Yeah. And a lot of them just wouldn't or they just didn't care to. Right. And it's sad. And then I, I as a teacher, cut the flat. <laughs> but right. it's like, I can, I'm doing my part as best as I can. But I can't educate a child who's not present in school, mm-hmm. for one. Right. And then you want me to try to catch them up. And it's hard to do that. I can't pack a week and a half worth of lessons in the two days to make sure your child understands it when your child wasn't at school. I can't do that. It's impossible. Right. And then it's impossible for this miracle that you and the admin expect for me to work in 180 days to get them on grade level when I got them and they were far below. Like, you're asking for I a tall order. Before yeah, I can get them somewhere. I can get them to some growth. It may not be grade level, but it's going to be higher than what it was. But you, it's crazy to expect that from teachers in 180 days. And I don't know why people don't recognize that our parents did something with us, like even if it was minimal, like talking to us or okay. showing us a menu, like this basic, just basic shit. Like you can't just let baby boy crawl around on the floor till he's four fucking years old and then wonder why I can't do nothing with him when he gets to 4K. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know. They didn't got no home training. I got yeah, I got to teach him how to sit the shit down. Yeah, that doesn't know how that works. And I tell people all the time, y'all like to give teachers slack about what they're not doing. Education starts at home. Right. I could read before I went to school, baby. Right. I knew my shapes and colors and numbers. Yeah. I I was taught that at home. Like even if it's something as simple as if you're going to let the child watch TV, put on the closed captioning so they can identify words and see them and hear them and see them. That helps. Yeah. Sesame Street was fantastic. It's something as simple as that. Talking to your children in full words and sentences and not all that baby talk, it's right. going to help them develop. Yeah. Because they, they repeat music. everything they you say. The words. Yeah. Like, that's how you do that. Like, give them things. Like, read to them. You gotta put in the work before they get there. You can't expect that you didn't do anything, and then you send them to school, and you're surprised that they're behind or that they can't grasp certain things. What did you do to set the foundation to set them up? Honestly, I mean that's like and asking your child it, to go to get on the varsity team and name play shit in Pee Wee, or in, yeah. or in middle school. You ain't let them play JV before yeah. there. So what you did, they finna make the varsity team and, and that was, that's the thing. And it's not even just in my district. That's a nationwide thing when yes. it comes to education. And that's why so many people are leaving. Why would you expect me to take this beratement, this harassment, these pennies, this slavery, <laughs> and say, why would you expect that? That doesn't make sense. You and then people hide behind the fact that and it's such a cop out. Remember your why. Well, my why is not to be stressed into the grave at an early age because y'all want to put way more on me than I can physically, mentally, emotionally handle. And people are leaving in droves. And some people are like, well, oh well, good riddance. Who gonna teach your kids? Because remember those eighteen months when you had a hard time doing it. So what's going to happen when the training professionals are leaving? Well, speaking of leaving, let's get to our last question. You 
are leaving the classroom where you've left this past year was your last year and you're going to higher ed our question is what plans do you have for higher education this next step in higher education i plan to take it will be fulfilling for me because i i'll get that aspect of working with the students making sure that they're good um mentally emotionally you know physically being a solid support system and foundation which is one of the main parts of education that I love, of course, you know, I got to teach the kids and I want them to learn and grow. But I love that social and emotional part, um, just seeing where they are, how they're developing. Um, and this is a different scale because these people are in college. And it's a different set of problems <laughs> because it's our young adult problems. And, you know, just making sure that they're, you know, they're here you know, they're present mentally, emotionally, and physically. Are you going to class? What what can I do to help you? Um, look, I don't want you to I don't want you to drop out. I don't want you to flunk out. What are some alternatives? Like what can we do to ensure that you're still successful? And even if it's not, you know, here at the university in this aspect, what what plan do you have? What what plan B? Um, because you still need to be able to do mm. something. That make sure that you are thriving in this world because you need a plan in this world because it ain't getting any easier and it's a lot going on. Yeah, you know, I, I wish wanna... that somebody had that, those type of questions with us when we were in college. We just kind of went and figured it out on our own. But by senior year, you was like, "Damn, I should have did so much stuff from and freshman year why... until now." I'm appreciative. I'm appreciative because you know when I was at USC, I was in the Opportunity Scholars Program, and I had Mom Accounts, Alfie yeah. Accounts. She was my godsend because she asked me those type of questions, and she made sure. Oh well, you don't want to do this. Well, what's your alternative? Like even when I left law school, like I talked to her about it because I genuinely wanted her opinion. I was like. I just don't see this for me, and I don't want to spend 30 to 40 years doing something that makes me utterly miserable. And she gave me a talk, and I was just like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I really see myself in education, especially higher ed. Like, I, my end goal is I want to be a history professor. And she's like, well, what can you do to work towards it? And I told her. And when I didn't have an answer, she told me, you need to weigh this out and figure it out. And that really, that helped me a lot. And a lot of people in college don't have that. You know, you would think yeah. the advisor would be that, but everybody's advisor is in that. We know our experiences with advisors at our yeah. university. Right. Um, Mine was a white male, so that says everything I need to say. And so, you know, I had this count. And even when I transitioned into my major and I have my major um, advisor, she was amazing too. Her name was Ms. Armstrong in the criminal justice department. And then my advice for African American studies, you know, but everybody doesn't get that. They yeah. don't get it, and so you need those, and that's what I I hope to be in this next step in the campus in higher education. Like, you know, I'm really gonna miss my kids, but I think in order to get to the path that I need to be on, like this is the next step in my journey, um, and so I'm excited and ready and willing to take it. You know, and keep it funky with them just like I did with my middle school kids. Look, bro, um, <laughs> you're not going to class. What's up? Um, 
you know that you're in danger of having to go home? Where you from? Oh, you don't want to go there. That's country. You don't want to go that home. Let's go to class, man. Because you think I was trying to go back to Plantersville or Conway? Oh, I know where Plantersville is. No. You know what? Oh, you know. I wasn't trying to go back to none of that. It's the boonies. I may have had my little moment. Um, but I was like, let me quit playing because my parents don't got no money to pay for this. I need all my scholarships because I was, I was first generation college student and graduate mm-hmm. and to go and pursue an advanced degree. Like, people in my family not doing that. So, I wanted to make sure that I was doing what I needed to do because it was people really looking up to me and I didn't even know it. Little cousins and now I got nieces and nephews, a plethora of them because my siblings <laughs> keep wanting to have kids. Um, so I want them to see, like, we don't have to be where we came, where we're from, like, you can, it's nothing wrong with being a child from the ghetto or from the hood or from the project, because it builds character, whether people choose to accept Mm -hmm. it or not, because Mm -hmm. some of the most brilliant minds have come from adversity, and some of the trendy things in this world now were deemed as ghetto for the longest. And then when it became mainstream, now it's a trend. It's trendy. It's fashion. But when our parents and aunties and uncles was out here freaking with the same stuff, it was ghetto and trashy. I was waiting for the gold tooth to come back. <laughs> oh, it's that is going to be so constant. Oh, it's oh bitch, I used to want a gold tooth. And she going to have the little diamond in there. Yeah. And I wanted to want to go around the two, and then down right. Yeah. Oh, oh, that oh so my god. Bad. Come on, and get you an up, dude. Give us that. Okay, yeah. that. That's funny. I want to be looking straight up like Nisi, bitch. What? Right. It's okay. called the brown, doodle brown. Yeah. Yes, honey. <laughs> I was freaking it was but, um, but yeah, so even though I am using the cash in my place, and trust me. I definitely waited out a lot before I made the decision, but I I honestly believe that I am doing the right thing, and it's my time. Like I got that experience, and from the messages that I've gotten from students, I can honestly say that I feel like I made an impact and a difference. They know that I care. They know that I love them. They love me, and. You know, it's definitely three years that I'll never forget. I could never forget my time at my school or in that district. <laughs> Memories for last a lifetime. I'd be talking about certain stuff and people be like, ain't no way. Yes. Sure. We had it going on. <laughs> Brawls and riots. People sucking dick in computer levels. Oh, have nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Patrick, for being here. <laughs> we appreciate you. <laughs> Yeah. Like you ain't saying, but I will say this: I am proud as hell of you for entering the profession. I'm proud as fuck for you for staying as long as you did, and I'm proud of you for understanding your worth and leaving it too. And 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 yeah. not even you're not truly that leaving education thing. too. So I think that's even better that you're just you're you're just transferring your talents from one aspect of education to another. And I'm proud as hell right. of you for it. I really am. And I can't Thank wait to you. see what you're gonna do with this. Yes. That means a lot to me, y'all, because y'all remember when I was rough around the edges. Yes, Lord. Listen, we all were. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're all yeah, a little more polished but... than we once were. 
You know my rough around the edges was a little different from y'all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little I nervous. I was, I was a little scared of you at first. I was definitely like, milking and bucking. What I got to do, but nigga, right. I, I never, that was his song. Never wanted to get on Pat's bad side ever for any reason. Yeah, so I think that, and that's another thing that I said, like, going into education later on, I think it was the right step for me, because it gave me time to grow before I got there. Because Pat, first out of college, did somebody teach me? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It wasn't going to work for me, maybe. Y'all would have y'all seen me in a oh, newspaper. Uh, oh, on, my goodness. Or uh, on somebody's like screen. Yeah, so, you know, it happened in the season it was supposed to happen. And, you know, you, one thing that we definitely know is you can't stay in a season longer than you're right. supposed to because Absolutely. things won't grow if you do that. Right, right. So, Correct. So. Well, as you grow, where can our listeners follow you? Do you have an open, uh, what's the Instagram? Um, what's the thing? Instagram. No, um, the setting, a certain setting. What's the other setting? Private. Private. Oh, yeah. Is your account private or no? No, my Instagram is very much so open. No, I'm, wait. Oh, it's open? Okay. Yeah, it's not private. Um, So you can follow me on there. I'm Tenacious Blue. T-E-N-A-C-E-O-U-S underscore B-1-U. Yeah. You could even follow me on Twitter. It's the same thing. Um, Twitter's a little... It's fun. But if you judge me, don't follow me <laughs> So yeah, don't follow me on there if you judge you, because I'm a block you if you say something judgy. And I, because I don't got time. But yeah, um, as these journeys continue, you know, definitely, um, you have to follow me on there, see how everything goes. Um, my next step and hoping that I impact young folks' life. I'm excited. We are excited for you too. You will. Yes. Yes, we are excited for you. And we know you'll do great. Well, I know how this goes. Yes, I need to take your class. I'm so mad about myself. Never taking an <laughs> African American studies class. I should have done that shit. Oh, man. I can't wait till I start teaching those. Like, it's up. Like, we we doing things. We learning about the black folks. Yes, honey. So, yeah. That makes me excited. All right. Thanks, Pat. Well, thank y'all for having me on. Oh, please, before I get beat up, I want to tell my sister happy birthday, please, so she don't jump me. She just turned, you know, her age. I was about to say her age, okay. but her birthday was on. Who? <laughs> my sister, Ray Easter, um, she just turned her, her big age or whatever on June the 10th, and I want to give her a shout out. So, please. Hey. Include yeah. that. So she don't jump me. She don't drive from Charlotte and want to oh. be good. Absolutely. Not. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, sister. With your big age. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> people don't sound here now. But yeah. Well, I thank y'all for having me on. Let me share my experiences and even vent in a little bit. Yeah. Um, this is- we all need a little vent in our life. I appreciate that. Um, I'm so proud of y'all for doing this. I love this for y'all. I want y'all to be the team. Oh, thanks, y'all Pat. Like Thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to have y'all on there. Look at Javonda blushing. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. smiled that damn big all night yeah. we got on the mic. As soon as you say, I'm your toe
It's too hot to be out here with no AC. You oh, know, adulting. Oh, no. It's challenging. Yeah, girl, we had to make some provisions for the AC unit that is broke. You know? Oh, my God. And I'm not, I'm not the only one out there that has experienced it. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the clock is ticking. <laughs> oh, my God. When you got to lay like a big X in the middle of the night so you can catch a breeze everywhere. That's not the Patrick you know, Starfish. It's real. She's catch a breeze. <laughs> Any breeze, some from some fan, something somewhere. Yes. Oh my oh god, ma'am, this is not the time for anything to break. It is. It's not. And last week, three people said that South Carolina heat is different from the heat anywhere else. And I'm like, are you serious? Like it's worse than Texas heat? And he was like, it was a military um, guy. He was like. Yeah, Texas heat is dry, but something about South Carolina heat where it's humid, it's just mm-hmm. a mixture of everything, and it lasts all day, like from mm-hmm. early in the morning to late at night. Yeah. He's like, I, I'm, I'm in the military, and I, and I'm hot. Like that's a problem. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm like, this is what we live with, you know. I guess we've just gotten acclimated to it. It's not that big of a deal, but people that come into South Carolina, they're just like, yo. It's way yeah, too Yeah, it's definitely here. that humidity. It just like everything stick yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. And then you can't breathe good <laughs> either. You can't really catch your right. breath because there's water in it <laughs> in the air around <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Girl. Can't look cute. Girl, don't let the ta-ta Girl. start sweating. Like that's a whole nother wine and we're wine. That's it. You can't put no I no mean, kind of lotion on them. Anywhere that you think you're going to sweat profusely, don't put lotion on it because you're going to make it worse. I'm telling you, until I met y'all, I never understood why my mama put on powder in the summer. I was like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? And like, it was like ritualistic when she would get ready, bro. They'd be powder everywhere. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you doing with that little, what is it, that shit called? The one in the little pink bottle. With the Johnson? Oh, shower to shower? Shower yeah. to shower, child. She was a fuck out of some shower to shower. <laughs> I was like, don't blame me. I know y'all don't. Child. That's a whole thing. It's a burden, child. Right. And I, ho- I hope that this, this situation gets cleared up sooner rather than later because you need a breeze at all times, bitch. We all do. It's too motherfucking <laughs> hot out here. And I don't care what nobody says. Global warming is real. The ozone layer is a thin piece of shit right now because it is hotter than a jalapeno's coochie outside <laughs> and it is like just it's not even truly summer yet like i don't nope. know when the first day of summer right. is i don't know if it's it's not girl here yet. in a couple of weeks it's not <laughs> right. here yet not here yet it's it's upon us but not quite and it's hot as fuck outside i can i can attest that florida heat reminds me of home it was mm. hotter here quicker <laughs> But it, it reminds me of home. It's it's just as I can't breathe outside. It's wet. Wetness all mm-hmm. around me. Peninsula, but I'm no island, baby. Like, I can't. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, I knew what I was getting into in fucking Florida. But, yeah, South Carolina <laughs> heat ain't no motherfucking joke. And it's, it's, it's not cute. It's not cute. 
Anything that can melt that deodorant Facts. in that car. Okay, because you go in to use the deodorant because you forgot to use it at home, and that deodorant is slanted like it's on. <laughs> Just throw the whole damn thing in the trash. Listen, it's that time you can't even eat. use it. No, like, you know damn well there's no leftovers if you're not going straight home, bitch. You have an activity to do after you eat, you are going to miss out on some money, or you making an extra trip back fucking home to put that shit in the refrigerator because it's not going to last. And if you fuck around and forget it at night, you just shit out of Man, luck, so, baby, because it's, it's hot everywhere. Sometimes it's deodorant <laughs> to leak out the doggone <laughs> container. Like, how the hell you done leak Ooh, out? That's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> the worst. And I'm like, when did you turn into liquid form? Facts. I didn't think you could even do that. Facts. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> What's your wine costume? Oh, girl. Having to help people at work. I don't. I really don't mm. know anything about dealing with um co-workers during the day because I, I may catch you when I'm going to pee if I leave my children for a hot minute um so I don't really see adults until after the day is over and I ain't got shit else to do okay or I'll see my team at lunch or recess so to have to look at people all day and then they mess around and ask you questions and shit while you trying to do your job and I'm like bitch you numbers wise are doing better than me right now I really don't want to answer your question because I'm resentful as fuck because I feel like I'm wasting my time helping your ass to be better than me mm-hmm. and I know that mm-hmm. seems ugly but it's, it's competition in the job I'm in now it's about numbers mm-hmm. it is it's everything's a fucking competition a lot of it is attached to more money Facts. so that's an incentive for me and so when I'm like okay ma'am you got all these numbers on the board but you calling me constantly and asking me questions. And I love you. And I would love to help you. But I, and that, but that's a problem. That's my problem. That's a me problem. I got to learn how to fucking say no. I don't know how to do it still. I know we've had this conversation time and time again. But God damn it. I just don't know how to say no. Yeah. I would take that as a tactic of them trying to figure out the way that you do things. I don't know why. So they can implement it and be better. Uh, I, they already know that they don't need your help. You're the new employee. I don't understand. No, we're all new employees. That's the thing. Okay. Okay. But got like it. their territories may be better. I don't know what it is, but it's like little menial mm-hmm. shit. And I'm like, weren't we in the same fucking training? Like, why do you need my help with this? I don't understand. It'd be little shit too. I'm like, you don't need my help with this. Why are you taking time out of my day to ask Aww. me this fucking question? And why am I? Maybe why? they're trying to be friends. We are friends. I just get annoyed. <laughs> And this is a recent revelation that I'm like, bitch, I'm not doing well enough at work in my head Mm -hmm. for me to like you on this leaderboard and you on that leaderboard and you doing all these great things. And I have no recognition at all. So it's like, I'm not doing well enough to be able to stop what the fuck I'm doing to help you. I need to be figuring out what to ask your ass so you can stop what you're doing. I'm one of those people that may put multitasker on their resume but not really a multitasker because I hate to be stopped and ask questions like I hate when I'm doing a task and somebody comes to me and be like hey can you do this for me I'm like bitch I am doing this and I am trying to finish this please don't ask me to do something else to help you because I really don't want to and I don't know if that counts as multitasking or not but I'm just like a straight narrow person like I am familiar with my surroundings and what's happening like if I need to do a hard stop I can but I hate to stop what I'm doing because you come to me especially when it be some dumb shit (laughs) this is me oh you'd be like well, what yes. do you think about if we do this? Bitch, you know that we should not do this. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Why are you asking this? Trying to see if there's a loophole. So you can be like, well, Jawanda said that it was okay. Uh-huh. Hell no. Right. Oh, that shit pisses me off. 
I don't. I, Child, you just hit him with the, I don't know, baby. Yeah, yes. That happened to me one time. <laughs> Girl, I'm quick with that. I don't know, boo. Ask your manager. That's a, that's yeah. my pay rate That happened question. to me one time. We had, like, it was like a controlled, like, gabapentin is controlled here. So um, a pharmacist was like, um, the prescription is for 60 tabs a month, and there's 59 tabs left on the prescription or capsules left on the prescription. I don't know why we can't just send the prescription to the patient, even though we don't have just, it's just one tablet. I was like, I don't think you should, we should do that because it's the controlled here. So you shouldn't send something that's, even though it's only one tablet, you shouldn't do it. She's like, I just feel like we, it's just one tablet. We should do it. I said, go, go ask the boss. Like, well, I'm not arguing with you. And you know what the boss said? No, get a new prescription from the doctor. Like, what the fuck? Like, you think I'm going to risk you do. my license? You're going to risk your <laughs> you gonna risk your license in order to send 59 no, tabs, spend 60 tabs instead of the 59 that was... No. What the fuck wrong with you? Crazy. Just that. Where's my grace period? Where's the the gray area in here that I can <laughs> for real that though? I can use? Child, I just, we I, should do an episode on that whole resume part though. Yeah, for that's real. gonna be funny, bitch. Because I know I don't put stuff on my resume. And I was like, don't ask me to do not near one piece of that. Okay, <laughs> this was to make me look good. I know how yeah, to do it. But do I want to do it? When they say yeah, proficient absolutely. in Excel, type that on that resume. No, I don't know <laughs> shit about Excel. Not a damn thing. <laughs> A little experience. Can you do pivot tables, ma'am? No. The fuck? You better be glad I can insert a table into that bitch there. Okay? And I can do a fucking formula if I learn how to do that thing. Woo! Right. Shout out to Google. Hello. Hello. Listen, YouTube Academy is up and running, guys. Facts. (laughs) Facts. I know how to do one of those little... um, what is this little filter things in on the PowerPoint presentation where you could just make it fizzle in? I can do that. Oh, <laughs> girl! <laughs> if that wasn't fifth grade, I don't Stop know what now. was. You know how to do a transition. Oh now. yes, the transitions. Right. Put the words <laughs> in. Make them zoom in fast. Make them, you know, fizzle in. <laughs> make them turn around. <laughs> that one fifth grade. Spin, girl. <laughs> I can do all of that yeah, now. Your presentation. Your PowerPoint presentation wasn't lit if your words didn't right. do something. Right. The one that bounced in. Yes. My favorite. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes you can add sound effects. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But it'd be a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anywho. Well, besides lying on your resume, <laughs> what was your wine of the week? <laughs> Get back on this motherfucker after taking a break. <laughs> My wine of the week is that, bro, I, I'm i tired of exercising. I'm tired of eating healthy. I just want to be fat, but I don't want to be fat, if that makes sense. I just want to do fat oh, things does. and stay the same size you know i'm okay with my weight if right. i can stay my weight that i am right now for the rest of my life i will be okay with it i'm okay with that but because i have me some rice or a burger or a milkshake <laughs> i gained five pounds overnight and now i gotta work out every day girl why the pounds just seem Old to grow overnight bur- like, i know damn night. well i didn't put on four pounds overnight bruh okay and if hypertension wasn't also a thing, 
and diabetes wasn't also a thing. My ass would be sitting on the couch instead of up on my bike exercising. I don't enjoy it. It's not fun. Me having to make a choice this weekend because somebody brought donuts into work of not having a donut. You know how hard that was. Kudos to you. All I have to say is if that donut was a Krispy Kreme, it would have been in my mouth. But because it was Dunkin', I made the choice that the calories weren't worth it. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't worth it. No, it's crazy. Because that was going to be dry as hell. Everybody feels the same way. Dunkin' is no comparison to Krispy Kreme. It's not. And I didn't even know Dunkin' Donuts was a thing until I moved to Maryland. And they are everywhere. You have to fight to find a Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Just ew. Like, I'll deal with a donut, but li- that's legit it. Their breakfast ain't shit. Their coffee, Mm-mm. bitch, don't even get me motherfucking started on that trash-ass coffee. Wait, the culotta is all right now. I ain't yeah. never tried that. I ain't never tried that. Okay. I'm tra- no, I'm talking about, like, their regular-ass coffee. It's like getting regular-ass no. coffee from McDonald's, and I also don't understand people who do that, bitch. I will, I will get a coffee from McDonald's before I get me a coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. Damn. Damn, girl. <laughs> Because every time I get McDonald's coffee, it, it does burnt. taste burnt. Right. But their lattes are good. They do have good lattes and the frappes and the fraps are good. But just the regular coffee, the fraps, disgusting. Mm, yeah. But I will. The I will. Tear me up. You know, the, star, the Starbucks mm-hmm. fraps that be in the glass bottles, they tear me up. Yes, I can't drink those either. Yes, yeah, stay away. Yeah, mm-mm. that's yeah. a diuretic. For real it's though, like coffee's already one, and that's fine. <laughs> but it usually doesn't come out in pieces and chunks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> At least I get when I drink my regular ass coffee, bitch. It comes out solid, <laughs> slide right at my ass, and I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Why are we giving sound effects? <laughs> I needed people to know what I'm going through. <laughs> Can't do it. Friends, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we are back. We are back. <laughs> back by popular demand. <laughs> Hold on, let me play this back. Hold up, what was my wine in the first place? Um, you was like saying you think... wanted to be fat. Oh, oh fat yeah, I wanted to. Do oh yeah, you. Game. I want to do hood fat, hood fat things with my hood fat friends. <laughs> okay, so it's crazy. I actually had this TikTok <laughs> that I saw, and I was like, I want to send it to Joanna and Mo, but I don't want them to think I'm calling them fat because I'm not. What? So when I send it to you. It was this this girl um, who gets on there and she was like something like to the effect of um, like yeah I'm fat but it ain't going nowhere because I still look good bitch Aww. and what still gonna keep eating my donuts still gonna keep doing this that and the third and I look great facts I look fucking fantastic what the hell are you gonna say to me oh no send that I won't be offended just do it <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> So, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, grievances, whatever, you can hit us up on um, our email at unestablishedpodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Instagram at unestablishedpodcast, Facebook, unestablishedpodcast. We talked about this TikTok, I swear. I promise you, we're going to get it together. We're we going to do something. Okay. But, you know, yeah. you can follow us there. So when we post something, you have that notification ready for you. Um, 
I think that's it. If you guys don't have anything else to add, Mo can go ahead and take us out. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Beth's back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes, Lord. Welcome back. Amen. Here we go again. Back like we never left. Peace out, y'all. Right. Good time. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week on Unestablished. Be sure to catch us every week and don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on all podcast platforms. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time, peace and love.